Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hey, everyone. So I have another guest episode today. So today I have Angela Matthews, and she is a thought leader and expert in the personal finance space, particularly investing, which is one of my favorite topics. It's going to be so fun, y'all. She is the founder of the Happy Investor Method, which has a mission to impact millions by helping them create millions with the goal of achieving financial freedom for everyone through investing in the stock market. Angela has single-handedly created a movement for people who strive to be happier with their money and their investments. So, hey, Angela, how are you? I am well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump into it because, you know, I'm excited about investments, girl. Um, (laughs) So, you know, as investors, um, a lot of people ask, like, what made me start investing? So, I want to turn around and ask you, what made you start investing? Ooh, I think it's what makes a whole lot of people who don't come from money start investing. You need money. <laughs> you sit there and you realize, I need money. How does everybody else have money and I don't have money? And I mean like buku money where you don't have to go to work. So I started when I had a um, pretty crappy job. I used to be a recruiter at a web design firm and I was making not even $50,000 an hour. They were like, nope, we're not going to give you 50. It's going to be 48. And I was just like, this sounds cool when you're fresh out of college, but when you start paying, you know, MTA and traveling and all that stuff, you realize it really isn't that much, especially when you pay back your student loans too. So that's when I started about 10 years ago. Okay, cool. Awesome. And so, you know, aside from the fact that you just wanted money, um, like how did you teach yourself? Like, what did you do to get that base knowledge to make it successful? So I I would be lying if I told you that I, the first stock I bought, it was amazing. And I just made like a million dollars. No, 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 boo. Not like that and that's all you hear about is people say, oh, yeah, I made a ton. They don't talk about the losses. No, 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 no. And so when I started investing, I Googled, I literally Googled, how do you become rich? Okay. <laughs> and when you Google that, at least when I Googled it, there were two options. It was either one, you're going to start a business like entrepreneurship, which I'm a huge advocate for, for everyone. And then the second thing is, hey, invest in the stock market. So I did both. And for the one entrepreneurship, I think one of the company that I did was like repurposing jewelry and making jewelry. That was like the easiest thing I could find All my old jewelry like take earrings and make them independence and all that stuff. So that one was covered selling in the fairs in New York city. Cool. But then the investing part was a little harder. So I started Googling around reading tons of things. Um, I read a book or two, which left me even more confused. And then I stopped wanting to do it for like a month and a half, two months because it sounded super duper confusing. And then I was just like, no, I'm going to figure this out. And so I decided to learn, to learn on the go like learn by trial and error, (laughs) which some folks are like, what, you did that? But for me, I realized that I'm 
I'm a smart person and I think we're all pretty smart. Like if you graduated college, if you were able to survive now and support yourself, you're a smart cookie. And so I had to really hone in on that confidence and use my backgrounds in understanding money because I did have an internship at Goldman Sachs. So I knew money existed in ridiculous levels. But what I did was I really just started playing with it in terms of I'd buy one stock here. Like I remember um, purchasing, I think my first share was Apple and purchasing Apple and then seeing like, oh, it didn't go down. Let me get some more. And then a month later, it completely like went down by 30%. And I had the wherewithal to know that when a stock goes down, if you understand the company and the financials, which I later started teaching myself more, Mm -hmm. that's actually a sale opportunity, like literally a sale, like a Macy's one day sale. And so every time the market went down, I would actually go counter to what everyone else was doing, which was selling. I start buying more. Hey, it's me, Tiffany. If you're enjoying this episode of Money Talk with Tiff, I invite you to join me live in Greensboro for three workshops in January. They're all centered around investing because that's a topic that I love talking about. So if you want to join me, you can visit www.moneytalkwitht.com forward slash events. Again, that's moneytalkwitht.com forward slash events. See you there. Now let's get back to the episode. Ah, so you're a contrarian investor. (laughs) I am. I like the way you put that. Yes, you are. So um, like, for instance, if you're a listener and you're in my Facebook group, you know, I talk about um, investing almost all the time. It's one of my favorite topics. But I will say to be very um, transparent, I haven't always made the best choices when it came to investing. Um, And one of those things was, pulling all my money out. So I had investments back when I was like 19. That was like when I first started investing. And then, you know, it was doing pretty good. And then a couple years later, you know, I fell on some hard times and I pulled it all out. And knowing what I know now, I could kick myself. Um, But I say that to say, what was your biggest, um, I wouldn't say failure, but maybe lesson when it came to investing? So my biggest lesson, um, so I, as you said that, I literally cringed. Like if you could see my face, like I was like, yeah, like, you know, like, ah, ooh, about that one. Mm. Yes. And the only reason why <laughs> I have that reaction is because if you've been investing in the stock market um, or if you haven't, you will come to learn that the answer is never all or nothing, mm-hmm. right? It's never like, I'm done investing or I need this money and you're going to cut everything out and liquidate. It really isn't right. Because you're going to have some serious FOMO um, going on, which is kind of what it sounds like you have, right? Cause you're like, did I miss out on stuff? Did I make the right decision? And so there was a point in my life when my dad wasn't doing well. And I had just came back from Asia. Actually, I just saw on Facebook, the memories, it literally popped up a memory like from five years ago. And I was sitting in a cafe in Vietnam, sipping on some coffee. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, if I knew if I knew what I knew now back then, how would my life really be different? Mm-hmm. And so end up, I of course had to like share it and put some highlights in there. But I wrote in there, like, had I known that my dad would have passed away six months later, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if I would have been there, you know, um, which is just real, right? Just real talk. But around the time my dad had um, started you know, getting sick and all that, I made a conscious decision not to go to work and not to work my business and to start living off my investments. Cause I was like, you know what, this is why you invest, right? This is, this is why we did it. We did it so that we can 
you know, have our investments be there for the good times and the bad times. Right. And so that's how it was for me. And I think I never regret having to actually liquidate, right. Some of my investments, I didn't liquidate everything. Like I didn't liquidate Apple. I wasn't about to do that. I liquidated the things that weren't performing, but of course I had in my mind, like, man, like, did I, should I have liquidated that company that grew 300%? Shouldn't I have let it ride out to 500%? But when I thought about what it afforded me, which was more time with my dad and to be there for him when he really did need me, it's just priceless. Like I don't really have guilt about it at all. Right, right. And that makes complete sense. So I hear you talking a lot about like individual stocks. So do you typically um, invest in like individual stocks and make your portfolio from that? Or do you do mutual funds? Or how do you usually invest? So I'm like, you're your folks know a little bit about investing, right? Because you're you're because you're you're a mama tea, and you go in and you share, the, you, sh- you share, right? You share the tea, right? So I could go into a little deeper strategy. Is that okay with y'all? You can go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so I'm gonna be too deep, but my answer fluctuates. So if you asked me that a couple months ago, it would have been one answer, and now the way the market is, it's another answer. And so, like a year or two ago, when the market isn't doing as well, this is when, when the, when the market isn't doing as well, this is a really great opportunity to buy a fund of the entire market, right? Because again, it's like a sale when, when the, when the market is going down, it's a sale because over time, seriously, over like the last hundreds of years, the market has always gone up. It is the one thing that will always go up, right? It will always be here because we're like little fish in the game. We're like an enemy on like some fish's back that like some whale is like actually eating. Like if something goes down with the market, trust me, the least of our concerns will be our shares, right? Mm -hmm. And so if that happens, that's when I start buying more funds, right? Because the market as a whole is down. And when you buy a fund, that's like you're buying a whole bag of jelly beans that represent all these different companies and markets. However, when the market's going a little higher, I I fall back on buying the total market fund or buying a fund as a whole. And I, I focus on individual companies because when the market is higher, these companies just kind of get on steroids. Like they're growing for no apparent reason. Like they're increasing in value and it might not necessarily be merited. It's just that they are surviving and doing better than their peers. And so people believe in it more, making it more valuable. Absolutely. And just to um, backtrack a little bit, just in case people are new to the podcast, new to Money Talk with Tiff. So a mutual fund is like a basket of different individual company stocks. um, And that's what makes the fund. And then you can invest in the fund. So then you have little pieces of each individual company, but it's all packaged as one. So just to clarify that, just to make sure people are following. (laughs) Yeah, no, complete great cut. Clarification with my students, I always say a bag of jelly beans. Like they're all different flavors, but you're just gonna buy the whole bag and you'll get a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm, And then when you're done, you trade the bag and yeah. Perfect. So um just to transition, so we talked a little bit before we got on about generational wealth, right? And I feel like in your experience as well as mine, we've learned that investing is actually something that you can pass on from generation to generation and leave a legacy. So if you just want to talk a little bit about that. I would love to. And so imagine if you were 10 years old 
and your parents told you something like, hey, your college is already paid for. So is your wedding. And so is the college of your firstborn. Right. Could you imagine the confidence you'll have at a 10 year old going into being 15, even 20, even outside of college, knowing that all is well, regardless of what you do, that you can work hard truly about on something you're passionate about. And that's the way I feel about generational wealth and about really planning for the next generation. I think about my my parents and my parents are first generation um, folks to the States, meaning that they were immigrants. And so I'm not a trust fund baby. But when I think about trust fund babies, I would love for my daughter to be a trust fund baby. And so like, I would just love it, you know, minus the pompous attitude that some of them have, but just to never really have to struggle in a way where it's a necessity. And so to that, like my daughter has a brokerage account already and she's not even two years old yet and she already owns companies, right? And I have the same mentality about just even her upbringing. Like she's already been to 20, um, she's been on over 20 flights, right? And she's not even two years old yet. And so thinking about, well, what is transgenerational wealth? And to me, that means like, how do you take care of the people above you? And how do you take care of the people under you, right? Because you're, we're almost like pillars. We're a pillar supporting the, the ceiling and we're a pillar supporting the foundation. And so at some point, you're gonna have to think about, well, what's gonna happen to your parents, right? And so for me, I managed my mom's 401k when she left her corporate job and it became like just a regular retirement fund without a manager. I managed that for her. And I'm okay with that because I learned through managing my own. So that's what I mean by transgenerational wealth. There are, of course, cool things you can do to protect your family members from getting taxes. But I almost feel like, why should we even talk about taxes if there's nothing to tax, right? Exactly. Like, it's a really good problem to have. So some people are like, I'm not going this because I don't want to get taxed. And I'm like, so nothing from nothing is still nothing. Right. Exactly. And I was just having this conversation the other day about capital gains um, because people were asking, you know, what are capital gains? Well, I don't want to be taxed on that money, but I'm like, that's a good problem to have. I would love lots of capital gains on my investments because that means my investments are doing good. And then, you know, you can always sell what's not doing so good and um, do tax loss harvesting. So, you know, I feel like capital gains are awesome. And I actually went to a a workshop recently, a local one, where they were talking about there are certain investments that you can use capital gains in order. um, It's called Opportunity Zones. I don't know if you've heard Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to have capital gains in order to take advantage of like Opportunity Zones. So I thought that was very fascinating as well. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And it's funny because so many people try to avoid these things like taxes or anything like that. But we are we are in the best country in the world in terms of protecting those who go for what they want. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you know, yes, we have problems, but that is one thing I am absolutely certain about the United States of America. It will reward the capitalists. It will reward the person who straps up their Bootstra- who pulls themselves up by their bootstraps and goes for what's theirs. And even though they, the government understands that you're not going to fully know what you're doing in the beginning, and the government understands that you're going to be making mistakes, but the government doesn't want you to stop doing it. So they'll always incentivize us to keep doing it, which is why I think um, Opportunity Zones came out, right? Because people mm-hmm. started forgetting about their their moral responsibility to, to, our, to our fellow humans. And they're like, you know what? 
we're going to make this beneficial so that the people who have the most have no choice but to go back and impact these uh, these opportunity areas, which is actually not an opportunity unless you're an investor. You can go through some of the shadiest parts of like Brooklyn or Detroit and places and see no opportunity. But if you're an investor and you train yourself to be, it's all going to be opportunity. Absolutely. I was definitely sitting in that workshop like, hmm, (laughs) because I would so love to invest in opportunity zone, especially because I feel like, um, and I might be going off on a tangent, but like marginalized um, people you know, African-Americans, pretty much anybody who's not a white male, um, (laughs) you know, it feels good when you can be that person that gives back to the community and therefore you can make more people like yourself. So that's what I strive to be. So I want to make more people like me. So therefore I would love to invest in Opportunity Zone. And if you don't know what that is, I highly recommend Googling it. I'll have a link in the show notes with um, a couple of articles on it, but it's definitely, if you are an investor and you have capital gains, definitely check it out. I'm totally with you. And the thing is, it's you can still go into these areas and invest in these areas, but it's super beneficial once you're an actual investor. So again, capital gains, it's a good problem to have. I love that you said I love capital gains because that means you're doing something right. And so that means, hey, start investing in yourself because then you're going to get paid for investing in others, especially when it's people who look like you. There is nothing better than someone seeing a partner come in to make their lives better financially, to make their lives better um, socially than it, it being a person that looks nothing like them because it doesn't look like a partner at that point. At that point, mm-hmm. it could look like an invader. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that was so important to say. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was awesome, Angela. Like we covered quite a bit. I know some of my audience is probably swimming. Um <laughs> I know I dropped so many gems. I'm sorry. Just hit replay a couple right. times. Like let it soak in, marinating your spirit. Right. Go ahead and go back to my Wednesday words of the week, catch up, and then come back and listen. Um, and then that way you'll have like a better understanding of what everything we just talked about. But those were some awesome gems and some things that I even you know, we'll think about like, especially when you drop the gym about the mutual funds during bad times and then the um, individual stocks during the good times, because see, I usually just do mutual funds all the time. Um, And I never really, I mean, I have like some play money that I do like individual stocks, but not taking like, you know, substantial amounts <laughs> and putting it into those individual companies when the market's doing good. And that's a genius idea because usually when the market's doing good, it's a handful of companies that's making all of that happen. Absolutely. So, yeah. I like I'm, that. I'm with you. Start thinking about it. I'm, I'm definitely an individual stock uh, person, but here's the thing. It doesn't go right all the time, but I don't need it to go right all the time. So I employ the 80, 20 rule where 80% of my gains is really made from 20% of the companies that I invest in. So what I think about that, I'm like, so that means out of 10 times, I have eight times where I can actually mess this whole thing up 
and I'm going to still be okay because only two companies are going to make me like ridiculous amount of money. So when I think about it that way, it makes me feel better. It's just like, I'm just trying to find my two. And so there are companies, I do a little analysis and I teach um, people how to do this too, where I do an analysis and over say six months, I'll look, did the market do better than this company or did the company do better than the market? And if the market did overall general market like the S&P 500 did better than this company, then they're on the chopping block. Like I really, I, do, I get all philosophical with it. Like I have this whole visualization where I imagine the company coming up to me and saying like, Hey, no, don't cut me. Like I plan on doing this. In the like, it's crazy. Like, I literally get into my imagination with it and it works though. It totally works for something that's so numbers based. It makes it so much funner. But you know what? That's real though. That's real because I mean, if you're going to be invested in a company that's not performing at least to like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or whatever, you know, you're using as a benchmark, then you might as well just get an index fund. (laughs) Right? Exactly. There's no point. Um, But anyway, we'll leave it there. Angela, how can people find you so you can find me at the happy investor method.com you can also just google angela e matthews and happy investor method will come up and um yeah just check us out we have tons of trainings we do webinars and my goal is to really make this as easy to understand as possible so that you can go live your best life set it and forget it and then come back and be like whoa that's crazy i'm rich (laughs) (laughs) I know I just came back from vacation, but I'm about to go on another one. (laughs) Yes, right. That is, yes. And it's totally possible. You can do it. You know, even though it sounds really confusing sometimes, um, it's easier than learning Spanish Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a non-Spanish speaker, I think. Oh, I completely agree. (laughs) Because I know what, hola, como estas? Bien, done. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, thank you so much, Angela. This was so much fun and I enjoyed having you on. Guys, there were so many gems dropped and I will definitely have Angela on a future episode because we just nerd out together. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me and creating the space for your tribe to just get full on things that they need to get full on. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.